I initiated an in-person meeting that eventually grew from 12 people meeting at a park to now we've got, I think, 6,000 email subscribers and, you know, six over 6,000. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply social media followers, which isn't huge, but these are very, very active in the community in San Diego. And so we've been able to do a lot of really amazing things. That is huge because, you know, I got permanently booted from YouTube last year with 6,000 subscribers and now I'm rebuilding it back up on Rumble and BitChute and I'm at like 600 subscribers right now. So to me, that is like, that is gigantic. I'm like, oh, all right, cool. But Dr. McCullough put us in touch and you were just telling me before we started recording how, cause you're in Texas. How, how, what, how did Texas, San Diego, how does that, how does that work out? I know. Why am I in Texas? Well, I, so I was in San Diego, California. So, you know, I, I tell people I'm a refugee from communism. <laughs> Literally uh, it's, it's been, it's been so bad in California. Like if you've not lived in a blue state during this pandemic um then you probably don't understand how bad it was but it was bad and um but I didn't leave San Diego because I thought that California's lost actually and that's so I I just want to make sure I make that clear because a lot of people think oh you know why'd she leave should I be worried? Because I've been so fighting for so long in San Diego and I'm actually still with my organization um, because a lot of what we do is behind the scenes um, organizing, um, you know, other than the actual events, rallies, meetings, but there's a lot of work to do behind the scenes. But the reason I left San Diego was because I've been homeschooling my kids for the last two years and they want to be around other children. And with the vaccine mandate that they want to do for all school children in California for the COVID vaccine, not only that, but for the masking rules and the CRT and all the fun stuff they want to push through in public school in, in California, and even the masking in private schools and things like that. I just didn't feel like it was a, a place where I trusted um, putting my kids in school, even in private school. I won't. I won't mask them. I won't mask my children. I've got 10 and 12 year old daughters and I just won't have it. So, you know, it was either I continue homeschooling, which I could have done. And that was, that's fine. I think it's a great option, but they wanted to go back to school because they had been in public school up until 2020. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, um, you know, my mom's a nurse and it's me and, and my three brothers you know, she always, you know, she's said on the phone, she's like, you know, if this was 30 years ago, she's like, without a doubt, I would have ripped you all right out of school. Like there is, because it's, I mean, look, and that's, and that's why I have on Dr. McCullough. That's why I have on Dr. Malone, because I'm not a doctor. So, you know, I can say things, I can parrot things, but the reality is, is I'm not a, I'm also, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a football coach. So things that I want to talk about, I try to have on professionals in that field the CIA had a psychic program in the cold war. 
I had on the director of that program two days ago. Because if I just talk about it, I mean, that just sounds like, I mean, that sounds like a guy walking around with one sock kind of babbling on the street, the CIA psychic program. But so I brought on the director who's who's a doctor and he's like, oh, yeah, no, I worked with the CIA from 1960 to 95 and we're going into it. So the point is, is I like to when there's kind of extraordinary things, I like to find the professionals in that field. So it's not just me babbling, because (laughs) why should anyone believe me? They don't know me. I'm just a dude, not on YouTube. I'm just a dude. That makes even worse. I'm not even on YouTube. So it's like, what did he do? But. I mean, I think it was the American Heart Association or the American Medical Association coming out like a week or two ago saying it is now a proven risk for children, myocarditis. And they say- Was that, that was in the the journal of, uh, oh, well, it was, starts with a C, uh, circulation or something like that, right? And, and it I was the American Heart Association's journal yeah. that said that? Yeah. And I remember that because I have a 20-year-old son as well, and I'm constantly- trying to convince him not to get the shot. (laughs) You know, he's in prime risk for myocarditis age. And I'm telling him, you know, but here's the other thing. When you're 20, and I I think back to when I was 20, and they're telling you, hey, come on, you can just go live your life. Just get a shot. I'd take as many freaking shots as they want me to get. I don't care. It's safe and effective. What, you know, I want to live my life. You're just a conspiracy theorist, mom. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, yeah. And it's hard because I would have done the same thing. I would have done the same thing at 20. I'm 31. Yeah. hundred percent. You're in college. And it's like, uh, Hey man, my mom's saying uh, your mom, dude, dude, just take the fucking shot. We're going to go to spring break. There's going to be a bunch of chicks in bikinis, dude. Let's go get hammered. Just take this. Oh, Tommy doesn't want the shot. All right, dude. Well, Hey, we're all going to Panama city for spring break. Have fun with your tinfoil. Yeah. I mean that you know what's you know what's effective? Effective is ridicule. That's what's safe and effective is friends ridiculing you. You can look at every study in the world that says risk of myocarditis. You can have on Dr. Peter McCullough, the most published yeah. cardiologist in world history, saying young men such as yourself, Tommy, should not get this because you you're at risk of myocarditis. And hey, there's no such thing as mild myocarditis. There's no such thing right. as a, there's no such thing as mild murder. It is or it isn't. Right. And so yeah, it's and so you're you're torn because you have these individuals and you're like, oh, is this just mom? Is this oh, you, you they don't know what they're talking about? Versus you have a bunch, dude, come on, safe and effect. Show me the interviews. Show me the interviews that say it's so bad. And then you sound even crazier when you're like, there are <laughs> interviews, but they all get removed from YouTube, and they're like, all I right, know. man, do the lizard people run the world? And it's it's very <laughs> it's but it's very effective at belittling yeah. you and making you feel crazy. Yeah. And kind of luckily for me is. My whole life, I've kind of done whatever I, I really believed in, and I, I've just kind of grown a thick callus to, I guess, social pressures. I, I don't care. I'll be the crazy kid. I don't care. I'll study all throughout college and not go party. I don't care if other people – like, I've always done yeah, what I wanted awesome. to do. So I'll start a podcast above my parents' garage. I don't care if my friends are getting married and having kids. So I've I've, I've developed very thick-skinned and to not giving a shit what other people think. But with that, I mean – Risk at myocarditis. My mom said, yeah, she's like, I would have yanked you all out of school. Would have pulled you right out of school. I I talked to a woman the other day, a lawyer who I've had on this podcast before. It's the most clean cut, uh, just, you know, very professional. And she called me the other day, excuse me. And she was like, I'm fucking done, Tommy. And I was like, what's, what's going on? (laughs) Like, you know, is everything okay? And she's like, I'm fucking finished with it. I'm pulling my kids out of school. And uh, she's in New York and she's like, I'm going to move to Florida. She's like, I am not doing this. I am not doing yeah. You're not going to tell me what I do with my kids. 
That's why we moved to Texas. Well, that's, I said, yeah. I said, look, I'm going to give my kids a quality of life. Y'all want to stay and fight? That's great. I'm going to yeah. leave and fight. Yeah. Because my kids, as much as I love you guys and as much as I want to fight, I love them only a billion times more than that. So I'm moving to freaking Texas, man. Only- they're going to have everything and I'm not taking it. I'm so mad about what they're doing to, on behalf of not only my kids, but on all kids and people your age and people my 20-year-old son's age. I'm mad as hell. Yeah. And I'm not letting it stand. We're not letting it stand. We're about to, I'll, I'll give you, we haven't even announced this to our group in San Diego, San Diego yet. So this is like pre, I'm not even supposed to talk about this yet, but we're going to sue the city of San Diego. So we, we already signed the paperwork and I'll, I'll tell you, cause this is what they tried to do. They just passed an ordinance at city council saying to become an elected official in San Diego, you've got to take the vaccine what the what yeah what there's yeah. no way that's gonna hold up and is right yeah right so we're so we're about to send them the cease and desist letter right and if they're stupid enough to not cease and desist then we're gonna take them to court and i'll tell you something we're gonna freaking win yeah we're, yeah. we're we're dismantling everything starting in san diego it's gonna work its way around california and across the rest of the country and then we're gonna have to take back the world because we can't let this happen in Australia, New Zealand, Canada. What the heck is going on? Yeah, it's. I mean, you. I get you. You kind of feel insane. You. You feel like. Oh. You know, it's all like. Time. All well, on, the time. On a side note, I mean, that is to have the vaccine to run for public office. I mean, that is. I mean, that is just weeding out everyone that doesn't comply. So it's now, a political purge. Yeah, now it a doesn't matter who purge. wins the election. They're all they're all comply. They're all do this. You all yeah. do that. And you know, hey, if you don't have, I mean, wasn't it just wasn't it Israel that just started it? Now, if you don't get the fourth shot, yes. so two shots, first booster, second booster. So now, if you don't get the second booster by, I think it's December now. I think it's May twenty twenty two. Then your vaccine card is invalid. That same vaccine card that was valid up until the boosters came out and then you had six months to get a booster and now people that got three shots are like oh i'm good i can get well now by may you got to get the fourth shot it's you know it's it's that meme though it's like what's the difference between a far-right conspiracy theory and a headline that says this is true and this is why it's good and the only difference is four to six months like that's what's going on is conspiracy theory far right wing white supremacist conspiracy theorists say they're building concentration camps and then yeah. you look at Harrison Springs in Australia. There's just yeah. that interview with that woman, a 26-year-old uh, Haley Hod- Hodgson. Hodgson. She was on a show that I'd never heard of before. It's called um, Unheard, U-N-H-E-R-D. It's a YouTube channel. Mm. I just found it. It's a great channel. But she's talking about talking about how the cops show up to your house. They block off your driveway so you can't like pull out. And they come in and they send a COVID wagon to come get you, which is – eerily similar to the Einsatz group and in the wagons they would use in the late thirties to transport yeah. you to concentration camps. You go to Harrison Springs and you have your own little thing. So now there it is out in the open that there is this thing with barbed wire. And now the, the, the headlines change from that's a far right, far right wing conspiracy theorist to, I mean, you can see, you can, you know exactly what the headlines are. It's the same formula. Yes. Quarantine camps exist. This is why it's good. It's just that programming. This is why it's good. Vaccines do not cause myocarditis. Change to vaccines may cause mild uh, mild myocarditis. Here's why that's not a bad thing. 
it's the same. No, no, remember, it's, it's that cold weather causes oh my heart god. Now. Oh my god, right? I saw that cold weather. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, climate change. Climate change may be responsible for heart attacks yeah. in children. Or yeah, and it's not even yeah. that because that implies it's something new. Some articles are just they're just trying to slip it right into the subconscious to go. Here comes winter, and with it, with winter comes those blood clots. <laughs> That's like I know, and and you go, who's <laughs> falling for this? The same, Who? the same morons that are falling for just comply, just comply, and it will be over. Just get in the wagons, and you'll be free. Just hey. you know what we need to do is we need to um, go back to World War II, and we need to use this those similar headlines and rework them with what happened Juden. to the Jews, right, with the concentration camps, to show people. Hey, this is like what people don't understand is it didn't go from zero to concentration camps. Yeah. It, it went from it was slowly but surely it was like first the you know the 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 seed was planted that they're other, they're dirty, Unhyg- they're unclean, they're unvaccinated, unhygienic. unhygienic. And then it was the star. And then it was, well, yeah. it, you know, it's just a star. And then it was, well, they can't go into certain places. Well, I mean, what's the big deal? It's a private you know, it's company. It's a private company. Right, right, right. So, and then with the, with the, I almost called them concentration camps. I was telling my husband yesterday, I said, I don't want to, I'm not calling them quarantine camps. I'm calling them what the hell they are. They're concentration camps. That's what those are. That's what we need yeah. to start calling them. Period. End of discussion. Because uh, that's what it is. I'm not playing this game where we ease ourselves into totalitarianism. Yeah. No. Call yeah. it out now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I've gone on, gone into that a million times. There's a great book called KL. It's literally the initial, the initials. K dot L dot. And I still don't know the exact pronunciation of it, but apparently that is like the direct German pronunciation for concentration camps, which later became, yeah, no, sorry. Uh, I guess political prisoner camps, which became concentration camps, which became work camps, which became extermination camps. But it's by a professor named Nicholas Voschmann, W-A-S-C-H-M-A-N-N. It's an audio book. It's like 38 hours. It's a very dry boring listen, but it's just about the rise of the concentration camps. It's not about why did Hitler get into power? It's not about Pearl Harbor. It's not about World War II. It's just this, it's this hyper focus on how do these things arise? Who built them? How were they built? How were they announced? How did it begin? It began, the initial ones, when you went to stay there, you only had to stay for 48 hours. Just in and out. You come yeah. come in ready. And not only that, there was a there was a there was a shared mess hall, so you would go in with every every meal. You go in with the guards. They're store playing rummy. They're drinking gin, vodka, smoking cigarettes. You know, oh, where's your mother from? Oh yeah, no, I got that. You know, they're just kind of laughing and just fucking with each other, and then you leave. And after that, it went from forty eight hours to like seven days, and then I think seven to thirty. And around thirty is when okay, you're in there for a little longer, so you could you could actually write home. And like your, you know, friends could come visit you. It was a lot like, you know, prison. You go in, you get the one or not the one way, the mirror or the, the glass window. And then beatings happened. And when beatings happened, that was actually a huge thing. That was actually this huge, the police, like the police chief would come from Berlin and they would come into these, these camps because they were still, they were not the dominant power. And it was like, what the hell is going on here? There would be reprimands. Guys would be laid off. You couldn't beat prison. What are you doing? 
What are you, what are you doing? Well, you know, we're, we're Germans. We're, we're a proud people. It's the progressive year of 1933. And it moved from then. And then as beatings became normalized and stays went from 30 days to six months. And now uh, people that would go out would be like, I, dude, I'm really not trying to go back. It used to be like, oh, whatever. We're going to get thrown in there again. And went from like, dude, I I don't want to I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to go back in. Guys would come out with you know just beat the shit out of them, you know, bruises, bleeding, and they'd come out. And guys would be like, dude, I don't want to go. And they'd do interviews and they talk to newspapers. And then that guy, whoever would get you know was doing that, all of a sudden he would get thrown back in, and so would all of his you know his parents and his siblings and his children. And all of a sudden people started shutting up. They're like, dude, you you get thrown out of there. I have to go in there with you. So now you had pressure. Right. That took the shot. You had pressure to not go back in there. And then like the first time someone was killed and it was just, again, like not the chancellor, but like the head of all of like the police in Germany came. It'd be the equivalent of like the FBI director. Whole thing was shut down. What are we doing in here? Guys were laid off, but it just kept progressing and progressing and progressing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. now we look back at things like Auschwitz and you can go in there and you can see piles of leather shoes. You can see the hammers that they use to beat the golden teeth out of the still warm Jews after the Zyklon B gassed them. You can Mm. go in, you can find all the passports. You can see the trays, these huge trays of wedding bands all plucked off their, off their hands. You go in and you see all that. And what do we all say? Never again, never forget. Yeah. Never. You Holocaust denier. You never forget. Yet here we are. It has not even been a century we're going, you Holocaust denier. Anyway, in the same country, in the I same know. goddamn country in Germany, they are now quarantining the unvaccinated. Never forget, don't come into my store, you dirty unvaccinated. Do you know what the pass was? You know, they always hear value all papers. Do you know what that actual pass was called? It was called was this. It, called? G- it was uh, Gesundheit. Again, I don't know the word for pass. It translated to health pass. I know, and I don't, I don't get it, uh, Tommy, because lower my blood pressure. I know, no, and when I talk to my, look, I'll, I'll tell you something. My dad is completely on the same page as as us, but my mom, who actually was a nurse and nurse practitioner, is completely on the other side. She looks at me like I'm crazy. Ali, we're in a pandemic. What do you not understand? And I'm like, Mom, pretty soon I won't be able to go buy groceries. And she goes, You can order them online. And I'm like. But wait a minute, you were the one that used to love watching all those documentaries on how the Nazis came to power. How do you not see? I, so, so what's your theory on these are smart people we're dealing with? My mom, she's, she's a smart person. She's a caring person, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. How have they been so brainwashed? Is that just what it is? They've just been brainwashed? You know, what's going on? I think it is what... I think it is what Richard Rhodes describes in his book, Masters of Death, about the SS Einsatzgruppen. The Einsatzgruppen were the precursors to the concentration camps. Real quick history, Germans would go in, they'd invade, the army would go in, Blitzkrieg, all that stuff. And then like a week or two later, the kind of, the cleanup crew would come in, the Einsatzgruppen. And what they would do is they'd go find all the Jews, they'd bring them out into a forest nearby, dig a trench, shoot them all in the head, bury them. And what that led to was the concentration camps. And we often think, well, the concentration camps were efficient. But the reason the concentration camps were built wasn't because of efficiency, which kind of spits directly in the face of the idea of like the efficient German. It had nothing to do with that. The problem was, is the men, the Einsatzgruppen, mobile death squads, 
they were breaking down because they had to shoot these women and children. They couldn't, mm. you know, war, you could justify it. I have to kill this man. I have to run a bayonet through him. But that's another fighting aged male. And they're coming at me. You know, we're men. We're going to battle. We're going to kill you. I'm protecting my what? My wife and children back home. Yeah. There are these direct reports of these guys who would be lining up and they'd be going, this isn't war. This is women and children. Yeah. And what they would be told was, one, if you can't do this, you're weak and you're going to join them. But the right. other thing is, is the reason we're doing this, and this was the this was the, the logical methodology they would use. The reason we're doing this is because those children are going to grow up to be fighting-aged males, just like yeah. your children are going to grow up. And they're going to try and possibly kill your children one day, so you have to cut it off now. And so these guys would be like, I mean, I guess, all right, we'll do this. But the whole thing is, is the reason they were able to, we have this image in our mind, and although there are a lot of them, and I have to be careful about this because it's a, it's a hard road to walk because it's, it's going to sound like you're supporting Nazis. They weren't all blood-curdling, you know, seek high Jews or rats. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them breaking down, having to drink gin before they do the executions because their hands would be shaking. They're like, I can't keep killing these kids. And they would grab each other and go, hey, this is for our children. We're doing this for – so you have these guys who – it wasn't because, oh, they're bloodthirsty Nazis. They thought sure. they were doing the right thing. And I'll say it as I say every time I tell this little story about this. Let me put the asterisk. They're all Nazis and they should all be hung till they're dead. I don't need anyone trying to take this out of context. But the scary thing is, is how it developed. It's very easy to hate an enemy that you go, oh, well, they're trying to kill me. What's more insidious is when you take a good person, your mom. You know, the vast majority of my friends and family are vaccinated. All wonderful people, people who I would literally take a bullet for today without thinking twice about it. Those are my brothers. Those are my aunts and uncles. Those are my cousins. They're my blood. Good people, respectable people. They pay their taxes. They don't break laws. They're wonderful people. Maybe we disagree on politics. Maybe we disagree on the vaccine. But they're still people that I would take a bullet for like that without thinking the end. Uh, December 8th, all right, that's the end of my life. Put that on my tombstone. Good people thought they were doing the right thing. A serial killer, again, yeah. it's easy to hate. Yeah, it's a bloodthirsty serial killer. Gas him. Kill him. Put him in the electric chair. What the Einsatzgruppen were, and there were some psycho and there are reports of this and Rhodes talks about it. There were some psychopaths that just loved it. And it was like, well, yeah, that's there's your Nazi. There were a lot of guys who couldn't bring themselves to do it, but they did it because they thought they were doing the right thing. So what right. and, and that is the sort of the mind uh the 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 anomaly of Germany is it's very easy to look at Genghis Khan. You look at the well. I don't know if it's an anomaly, and I think you're bringing up a good point because it's happening now in Australia. You see all the the police, right? You see the huge protests, and you see the police looking like stormtroopers and beating protesters. And then you 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 know same thing in Germany and same thing you know in Italy. And I mean I'm sure you're watching all these huge protests and going, okay, the police are getting a little bit uh you know kind of like you would say Nazi-ish. They're they're beating people down. What the like this these used to be Western countries. What is going on? And so you bring up a good point and it reminds me of what Jordan uh Dr. Jordan Peterson says um, about, you know, there's there's a monster inside each of us, right? And in, like a, a truly, uh, what does he say? 
Like you've got to realize, you've got to connect with that part of you where um, you're capable of doing bad things, but you don't do bad things, right? Mm -hmm. Like we're all, like you can't just be this weak person. So I think um, obviously the, you know, the, the people that were, like you said, most of these guys, they kind of probably got in too deep. And by the time they were in, they couldn't get out of it, right? Like it was to their peril than if they said, oh, I, I, I can't now do this job, right? So that's part of it. Um, so I guess the lesson would be, yeah, we've got to stop it early, right? We've got to recognize that this is exactly uh, the propaganda that the Germans used and exactly like similar propaganda to what China, China did with their cultural revolution and, um, you know, what they did in Russia. Uh, you know, it, it's the, the textbook totalitarian, you know, regime descending upon, you know, a group of people, except for this time, it's the entire world, which is terrifying. Um, <laughs> you know, so it's a little bit uh, overwhelming and, yeah, we have these people, but this, the scariest part is, is you're, you're mentioning all these people that you love in your family. And I know my mom loves me, but if, if the propaganda gets just a little bit stronger and they can convince them that, that really we are a threat and we should be probably for everyone's good put, put away somewhere, they probably would go along with it. And that to me is where I start to get a little bit upset at these people (laughs) you know I think you have a responsibility um so I don't know I I keep thinking how do we I think all the time how do we wake these people up because there's a lot of people that are continuing like every day more and more people I think are waking up right I don't think it's going the other way I don't think more and more people are getting on board with this we're definitely like every day more and more people are going okay four boosters when does it end, you know, and they're going, that's it, I'm done. So I think what we need to keep doing is, is we need to continue to, to do what you're doing is speaking out, amplifying voices of people that are saying, hold up, wait a minute, this is nuts. Um, and we, you know, we need to keep having that dissenting voice. Because um, I was listening to this really great interview the other day with this um, Dutch professor that wrote a book called The Psychology of Totalitarianism. And that was with Chris Martinson of Peak Prosperity, if you know him. He's got great, um, great, you know, YouTube channel. But he, um, but the professor was saying, you know, uh, the thing about totalitarian regimes is they always will self-destruct in the end. Now, it may, might take a while. And of course, a lot of people will die. But, you know, it's very important to, to keep that dissenting voice, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what I think, like, with Reopen San Diego, we've been able to, you know, create a group that is unified in dissenting against what's happening. And, you know, we've just been able to gather more and more and more people. Um, and, you know, all the time we hear people go, oh, my God. I found you guys. Thank God. I thought I was the only one. You yeah. know, you probably yeah. hear that. I thought yeah. I was alone. Yeah. Yeah. You it's... know, so we give them a, a community. We give them a job. We teach them how to go to like the city council meetings and the board of supervisors meetings and how to speak out and um, how to unite with other people for class action lawsuits. Um, 
And, you know, now we're, we're going to, on behalf of our group, we're going to sue the city and we're going to make them walk back that ridiculous ordinance. Um, so I think, you know, that's, that's something I'm super, super proud of that we've done with my group is just really amplifying that dissenting voice where we're not going along with what's happening and we're giving people a place to come to join. You know, we, we do meetings, we have all sorts of great things. Our group has grown into, we've, we've got a singles group. We've got a meet a, a hiking group, you know, we've got like a homeschool group. So we've got all these great, you know, groups branching off, but we all are on the same page which is essentially just freedom of choice, right? That's all we're asking for is, great, if you want that vaccine, I'm so happy you can get it. But please do not force me. Did you hear that they, it was was a leader over in either Germany or Austria, they they want to um, get, get rid of the Nuremberg Code. Ursula von Dyer, the chief of the EU. And it's like, so what more do you need to see here? <laughs> the ger- like, a German woman named Ursula yeah. wants to get rid of the Nuremberg Code, and she right. had dinner. Or there's a picture of her having dinner, or like <clears> a one, or like a dance or something, but just one on one with the Pfizer CEO Alan Berla a month oh. ago. Surely, just a coincidence. It's, but to answer your to answer your question, that if you can't tell, I, I have no capability of answering your question quickly. Is how do these smart people do this? Mm-hmm. It's because you think you're doing the right thing. You can't walk up to someone and say, we're going to kill them. What the hell are you talking about? But if you go over several years and you say, it's because you're doing the right thing, you're protecting your wife and kids. That's why we have to shoot these people. That's how you turn people into monsters. And it's very easy to, and you're right. I don't think we're that far away from people who love and respect you going, ultimately, we got, we got to get rid of Allie. It's which mm-hmm. I'll say to that is the brilliance of the Second Amendment. They foresaw this shit. They foresaw ultimately it comes down to personal autonomy. But what I think there is is more and more people are waking up. And so the question is is how do we wake these people up? And I've already I've already gone against what I'm about to say already in this podcast. I've already made the mistake. Is don't don't ridicule them. No one ever you know, if you come to me you come to me with like legitimate criticism about the podcast, right? Let's say there's just, I don't know, whatever. There's a, who knows, whatever. There's a thing that's like squeaking or like, I don't know. If you come to me and you're like, Tommy, love your podcast, dude. I think there's a way you can make it better. I'm going to be like, all right, yeah, what's up? Now, if you come to me and go, dude, do you know how fucking unprofessional that is to hear your washing machine while you do? I'm going to, even though that is a legitimate criticism, I'm going to tighten up. I'm going to be like, dude, don't, don't come to me with that. Don't come, you know, if a friend, if a friend goes, hey, man, I want you to be around for a long time. You've been putting on some weight. How about you and I start hitting the gym together? All right. You know, that's a blow. But you're like, OK, versus if someone's like you fat slob, you cover yeah. that up because it's your own. It's and that's on all of us. That's just our own ego. You're never going to. Psychology. Yes. Yeah. So. How do you wake people up? One, and I've made that mistake by calling them the same morons that get boosters. Then yeah. that is a problem with me. I went against what I should be doing. Is you let them wake them, themselves up. And I know that sounds like a passive kind of skirting of responsibility. But I think you you don't ridicule them. You always be there with open arms. And if eventually they come to you and go, 
you know, I got the first, I even got the second booster. But now they say if I don't get the fifth shot, I can't go to Walmart. Instead of, told you so, moron, or I think you owe me one. No. You just look at me and you go, it's bullshit, isn't it? Come on. Just let them come in. Hey, man, it sucks. You know, when I, you know, when I want to talk to a friend about like, you know, I lost a sibling to suicide in 2014. When I want to talk to a friend that I think is kind of slipping, I don't come to them and I'm like, hey, you're incapable of caring for yourself. And instantly they close up. Instead, you're like, hey, man, I lost a sibling to suicide. In 2016, I almost committed suicide, dude. I was a fat slob. I looked like Jack Black. I was fat, long hair, just pathetic. And eventually I kind of pulled myself out of that and if there's anything I can do for you, man, you know, I love you. There's nothing you can tell me that I'll look down on. I've done it all. I had to move home at 26. You kind of instantly lowered yourself to such this level where you're like, you just kind of lend a hand. You're like, yo, you want to do this thing? So if someone comes to you and they go, you know what? They are censoring everything. And, you know, I, I, I tried to post an article about ivermectin and these people that loved me up until now, I was on the right side. Trust the science. They're all, none of them talk to me anymore. And they, I, I don't get to go to parties. And they often say, like, I'm a conspiracy theorist. And reality is, I'm just for free speech or I'm vaccinated, but I think you have the right to not get vaccinated. And all of a sudden, my friends won't talk to me anymore. Don't laugh and say, I told you so. Just go, yeah, man, it sucks. Let's try to do the right thing. That's all you can do. And, yeah. and I think that is what will work. And the thing about more people waking up is, you know, it's like that, like the revolution will not be televised. You're never going to see these, you know, there's six, six corporations control 90% of all the content online. There's five social media companies. Like it's all, it's all a top down control system. They're never going to broadcast. Hey, did you see Tommy and Allie Hartman talking today about this? Apparently people in San Diego are fed up. They're never going to say that. They're never going to say up until the day Hitler committed suicide, they were his generals were still giving him yeah. false briefings saying that we're taking the Eastern Front. The the, the German prop, uh, propaganda machine was still saying stand tall. Uh, like the day before he issued uh, the Nero decree saying all Germans burn everything. Don't let the Soviets have anything. They brought eighth graders in front of the, the Fuhrer bunker and they gave them guns and they oh. gave them meth. And they said, "Fight the not or fight the Soviets." Where yeah, it's from a uh, it's from um, Blitz by Norman Oler, a great book about Nazis and, and and drugs. But the thing is, is up until now, the Nazi machine started degrading probably like a year or two before. Up until the day before Hitler committed suicide, they were still they they put on a strong face, fake it till you make it. So you have to understand is that we're never gonna see the enemies with behind yeah. the behind the the levers of the of the media mm-hmm. machine you're never going to see them broadcasting the fact that they're losing it right, just right, right. Yeah. it just happens all of a sudden and we wonder how did the soviet union just collapse overnight the soviet union was collapsing for 20 years yeah. all of a sudden it just happened right the world trade centers were on fire for 102 minutes and then they fell it's a thing yeah. that's happening slowly so i think that as much as we're seeing people wake up we're probably only seeing one one thousandth of it. It's probably oh, sure. yeah, yeah. Sure. And I know I'm kind of rambling now, but that's that's what I think is happening. So don't ridicule people. Do the opposite of what they do. Oh, you, you conspiracy theorist! You don't want to get the shot? No, just hey, I have respect if you want to get it. Personally, I don't want to get it. Not my cup of tea. You go for it, brother. Just hey, you know, if you don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. But hey, I, I'm all for free speech. If you want to say ivermectin works, I think you should be able to say it. If you want to say George Bush is a lizard person. I think you should be able to say that too. I don't believe it, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, you bring up a good point because 
you can usually find common ground with almost everybody about free speech. Yes. Right. You can, you know, so if you find that common ground, like I've had people that are like, no, I really think everybody should get vaccinated, but I also believe it should be a choice. And I focus on, well, you know, we're on the same page with freedom of choice and freedom of speech. And ultimately, but, but I do like to remind them that the vaccine doesn't prevent transmission Right. Because then it kind of, that kind of destroys the whole argument for a mandate of a vaccine. If it doesn't if it can't even I mean, even if like we didn't have the Nuremberg Code, which was against coercion, um, you know, it doesn't make any sense. The vaccine does not prevent transmission. So I think you're right. Like we need to to remain civil, keep the door open for people to change their mind. Mm-hmm. Because nobody wants to look like they failed or they made a bad choice. Keep the door yeah. open. Don't make fun of anybody. You can keep repeating your point because that's what the propagandists do, right? They again and again and again. You know, I try to, um, and I'm sure you're the same way because I can tell you're a history buff. But I always try to go, okay. Obviously, um, you know, there's people that are very good at propaganda, right? And and they're on, you know. We're we're thinking of like the Nazi propaganda and and the the you know the communist. Russia propaganda and all that, the communist China propaganda, North Korea, all that. But what? why is it so effective? And it's effective because they repeat it over and over and over, safe right? And, and over and safe over. and effective, safe and effective. Yeah, so we can do the same thing and, you know, pick a couple talking points. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately. One is the vaccine doesn't prevent transmission. That's a huge chink in the armor. I'm sorry. Yeah. If you can sit there and tell me that it makes sense to make everybody get a vaccine when it doesn't even prevent transmission, I mean, you can't do it. It's just ridiculous. So so I just keep repeating, but the vaccine doesn't prevent transmission. I mean, even the CDC admits that. And then the other thing is, um, you know, informed consent involves choice, right? So informed consent is is one of the first, the first in the Nuremberg Code, right? The first point. And informed, informed consent means you were fully informed and you consented of your free will without coercion to lose your job or lose your education or be excluded completely from society, which is, of course, why they want to get rid of it um, in the EU and Australia and everything, right? But, uh, you know, if we just keep repeating those points, I think those are very, very strong points that at the end of the day, I don't think many people can go against those. Yeah. And those are just, you know? yeah. And it's, it's not political too. Like, like yeah. I'm partisan. Yeah. You're a Democrat, fine. You're a Republican, fine. I, I really don't care what you are because I was a liberal Democrat up until March of 2020 <laughs> till I saw what, what, what it really meant these days to be a liberal Democrat. Because liberal used to mean you believed in free speech. Oh, yeah, no, it used to be, hey, man, LSD, <laughs> you know, I, I disagree <laughs> with what you say, but I'll fight to the death for your right yes. to say it. Never trust anyone <laughs> over 30. Fuck the man. Fuck Big Pharma. <laughs> Occupy Wall Street was 11 years ago. <sighs> but hey, Pfizer. It's I know, what's going on, there's, you know? There's this comedian who I just discovered like a week ago. His name is, I think, I think it's Ryan Long. He, he's hilarious and uh, on Instagram. Uh, probably let me let me make sure because I it, Ryan Long. I need to laugh. Ryan, Lo- I think it's Ryan Long. Uh, Ryan Long, Ryan Long. Um, yeah, it's Ryan Long. Okay, Ryan Long comedy on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, he's got this YouTube video about like I hate big pharma except for Pfizer, and it's just this. 
it's this dude who's just doing all of these kind of classic, you know, talking points of, you know, the, the corruption of big pharma, all the big banks, Bezos and wealth. And he's like, yeah. And he's like walking around. He's like, man, I wish the CEO of like Goldman Sachs was down here right now. I'd let him know what's up. You know, Bernie, bro, is going on and on. He's like, you know, big pharma was pushing opioids in like the 90s and 2000s. And, and they knew about the downsides of them. Fuck them all, man. Dismantle the 1%. Except for Pfizer, man. Except for Pfizer, man. They got those boosters. They got the, the Pfizer's got my back. Pfizer's got my back. And it, and it just goes on. You know, did you know that the top 1% made $4 trillion during the pandemic? And he's going on and on and on. Believe Pfizer out of this, man, because you know Pfizer's—they're doing the right thing. They're, right. But it's just this insane, yeah. like, who? It's like George Carlin two right? Yeah, it's this—it's this, it's this <laughs> weird. I mean, it's this weird, like, this—it's like seeing like the hippies from Woodstock or like protesting outside like the Pentagon for the anti-war movement in Vietnam. It's like seeing them wear Northrop Grumman sweatshirts. Right. You're just like right. you're like, I do I what? I I do what? It's it's. It's this insane, yeah. But that's that guy's hilarious. But um, I don't know why I got off into that tangent. But what well, I saying, think you know, actually, like comedy is well, another great way to reach people, right? Yeah, like laughing. When you laugh, like, it dismantles the ego, and then like yeah. kind of like an mRNA vaccine, it just delivers the truth, and it's it goes in and it modifies your DNA. It, it makes you laugh. But dude, Ryan Long does this other one about the difference between racists and woke. And it's him wearing a shirt that says racist and his friend wearing a shirt that says woke. And they're like, I just, and they're, you know, they turn to each other and they're like, everything about you should be based on your skin color. Your identity should be everything. Like, Jinx, you owe me a Coke. And it's like, I don't think white men, <laughs> and like the woke guy's like, I don't think white men should date black women because I think it's an internalized form of racism. And the racist guy's like, I've been saying that for years. Stick to your own. <laughs> it's just this whole thing. It's like, you know, yeah. did you know that that white owned business uh, makes tacos? That's such appropriation. The other guy's like, I'm with you, man. White meals for whites only. And they're just going on and on. <laughs> they're just like, the whole the whole thing Wait, is, is about Pella? Is that Brent Pella? No, it's Ryan Long. Same oh, same guy. Yeah, okay. dude, he's okay. so funny. But they're just doing they're talking about all these things and they're like, you know, I think we should get rid of like uh I think we should get rid of segregation laws so that we can uh, hire based on race color. And they're like, I've been saying the same thing, man. Companies for your people, by your people. And it's the whole thing is yeah. like, you know, I call them people of color and the racist guy's like, I call them colored people, but you know what? As long as we're just, uh, as long as we're identifying them as different, like, but that's kind of a way you can sort of judo yeah. your way into it. Now, granted, those are very talented people that can make it funny, but yeah. Well, you know, you can share their comedy. Like, for example, I can already see, I'm going to send my, my 20 year old son, you know, a couple of those clips and he's going to laugh his ass off because he was calling me a libtard before 2020 happened. Yeah. Yeah. Like I told you, I was on the other side of it. And oh, I was, I I was super liberal. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I keep, I, I like to say, I keep the good parts of that, you know, what I thought it was to be liberal, you know, freedom of speech, you know, really believing in equality, but you're right. Like the woke and the racism. And I was just, having a conversation yesterday, they were saying, why don't you like CRT? Why did you move out of California? Why are you insisting on putting your kids into a private school? And I'm like, because I don't want my kids to be taught to be racist. They are multiracial. And, you know, like, it's just, it's ridiculous. It really is teaching kids to be racist against each other. And no kid I've ever met gave one fig about the color of another kid's skin when they're on the playground playing. 
They don't care. Yeah. But you got to bring them in. You got to teach them. They should care. Why? Yeah. Why? Oh, I've I've people ask Leave me. All the, alone, yeah. Man. People ask me all the time. They're like, the vast majority of your guests are white males. And I actually had to go back and look at it. And I was like, oh, you're right. He's like, I don't give a shit. I just don't care. You know who yeah. I've also had on? I've had on guys from NASA. I've had on a white guy named Warren. I've had on Charlie Duke, the 10th man to walk on the moon. I've also had on Aaron Shepard, who works with autonomous robots. Aaron's black. You know who doesn't give a shit? Me. I don't care. I do not you care at all. You know who also probably doesn't give a shit? Aaron. Aaron doesn't give a fuck at all. He doesn't fucking give a shit. No. Nobody with half a brain cell gives a shit about this woke CRT stuff. And the problem is the people that are trying to push it on our kids, it's, it's all about indoctrination and it's all to dismantle the country. They're, they're, yeah. They're, no, they're racist. Yeah. Aaron doesn't care because I had Aaron come on here and I was like, hey, do you want to meet a guy that walked on the moon? So it's me, Aaron and Charlie do geeking out about walking on the moon. Not one of us was like, and isn't this great that we're giving a black man? A, what? 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 What are you talking about? It's so insulting after, to even think that after, that matters. After this, you know, I've had, you don't have on women. You don't have, I'm talking to you right now, a white woman. After this, I'm having on a black woman. And after that, I'm doing three podcasts today because I'm a moron. I'm having on an Indian woman. No part of me cared about the genitalia, the skin color, or the race of any of these people. You know what we're talking about with all of them? COVID and freedom. That's what I care about. I, I, I don't give a shit I, about anything else. I truly do not care. And it's, it's this whole thing where they are, you're trying to divide it. It's divide and conquer, but all these things, none of these things can stand up to just facts, right? You can keep a lie going long enough if everyone is in on it and everyone agrees to not bust the illusion. But all you have to do is, yeah, man, it just doesn't make sense to me that, you know, it, it still doesn't stop transmission. Or you could just say, Hey, you know what? I'm for personal choice. I'm just for personal choice. I just, I don't, or, you know, if they say that you shouldn't be able to get, you know, medical care because you're unvaccinated. And the reality is, is that the hospitals are filled up with unvaccinated people because they're disproportionately being, you know, injured during or, you know, have worse health problems or just lean into it and go, I'm with you, man. Same with fat people because they're they disproportionately pick it up too. just lean into it. Be like, hell, yeah, I'm all for it. Let's let's make it for only the healthy people kind of make mm-hmm. them backpedal. Well, 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 you know, well. Being fat isn't contagious. Yeah, but it's still your own choice. I mean, right after, over a certain BMI, you are making the or, you know, lean into it and be like, I'm with you, man. I think we should also stop uh, medical care. I don't think you should be able to go to an ER if you have nicotine in your blood. We got to stop smokers from holding up all the hospital beds. We shouldn't we shouldn't um, give medical care to drunk drivers that get in crashes. If they get in crashes, no, they should breathalyze them before they call the ambulance because it's or disproportionately anybody in the jail. Yeah. You know what the. The craziest thing to me that they, they've done in California over the past year and a half is they're releasing tons of felons. You know, they're literally well, releasing... California is a controlled demolition. And I know. And I keep saying, well, they've got to make room for people like me, right? Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. But it's a freaking cesspool. I mean, if you talk to anybody about L.A., it's, it's horrible. Oh, so L.A., I don't know if you, you probably know this, but they have vaccine passports there, just like New York, right? Where you, I mean, I don't know if it's as quite as bad as New York, but it's definitely, they've got vaccine passports in LA. They've also got an indoor mask mandate. And one cool thing that we were able to do with my group is stop that from happening in San Diego. Oh yeah. So I'm going to prove to you that we did this because this is really cool. We, um, We've been pushing people to go to the local county governance meetings, specifically the board of supervisors meetings. Over the last year, 
we, you know, we started with, it was just, it'd be just like me calling in when they were closed to the public, like one or two people, right? We managed to get a lot of people um, and get some other activism groups from San Diego on board, sending people there. And we had a couple massive days of people coming and speaking at the Board of Supervisors over the summer. So I'm talking about hundreds of people coming to meetings where normally nobody comes, right? And the meetings, um, the, when, when people spoke, uh, you know, it's all videotaped. So you can go watch San Diego County Board of Supervisors. You could, anybody could go watch, watch some of the meetings in August specifically. But um, the cool thing was uh, these videos went viral to the point where Stephen Colbert, Alex Jones, I mean, even across like into, you know, into England, were picking up these stories um, of, of what people were saying, you know? And so what, what ended up happening though, was they never instituted a vaccine passport system and they didn't reinstitute indoor masking. And for a while we thought, okay, it might be because of us sending tons of people to the board meetings, right. And speaking out. But then we actually got a call from somebody that works in the County so they said, look, I can't, like, you can't tell anybody I told you this, but I just want you to know that the um, public health officer and the board of supervisors had a plan ready to go for vaccine mandates here in San Diego. And they scrapped their plans after those meetings where they had hundreds of people show up. Holy like they shit. literally, yeah. So I just want to encourage like anybody in your audience listening that, you know, if I would have believed the people that told me, uh, what, what can one person do? One person can do a lot. Cause I'll tell you something, Tommy, one of my missions this last year was to get as many people to these board of supervisors meetings as possible. So I'm not saying it's all, be, it's all on me. Cause it was hundreds of citizens, but it starts with an idea that other people catch on to, right. And show up and I think it was just, it, it proved to be a really great strategy. So I know a lot of what we want to do here is share what's working um, strategy-wise to push back. And I just want to let people know, push back, start getting people go to these uh, board meetings, whether it's school board, city council, board of supervisors for your, your county, start going, start paying attention to the agenda items, start finding out when you can speak. And start showing up. It is so empowering. And you never know if you might get on uh, Alex Jones, Stephen Colbert, Tucker Carlson. We had people go on all of those shows yeah. from those meetings. So, And we stopped vaccine passports in San Diego. Like, I'm going to say it. We did that. Like, yeah. this is, the citizens did that. We yeah. said, heck no, man. So, I don't know. I think everybody needs to start thinking, what can I do? You know, what can I do? And maybe, maybe you just reach out and start having like, I don't know if you know, Dr. Pam Popper. She has, She's coming on next week. Oh my gosh. I love her. So her whole thing is like, um, I think she, she uh, make Americans free again.com, right? That's her website. I think so. And she talks about having like hosting little small groups in your home. Right. Where you just you, you get together, you talk about things you plan and you strategize because her whole point is if you've got like a million of these small groups of people with this mission, 
right? And and she talks a lot about single issue voter, right? Are you for freedom of choice with vaccines or not? That's it. That's all I care about. And I think she's onto something because there's your talking points, right? Really freedom of choice and um, just, you know, respecting other people and everybody trying to figure out what can they do. Get a couple people together. You'll figure it out. That's how we started. We didn't know what the hell we were doing when we met at a park with 12 people. Yeah. We had no idea. I'm sure when you started your podcast, you probably were like, I, I really don't know where this is going to no go. No idea. I was talking to a friend that I had never even met before. He'd been my buddy for two years. We just talked about, this was when like the Hong Kong protests were happening. I had no idea what was going to oh, wow. go. But what you're saying is, no, it's very important to, and I bring this up a lot, is to don't never give in to... Um, what word am I looking for? I just I just lost it. Um, like the naysayers. Yeah, or the, 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 there's there's an uh, I guess pessim- Yeah, there's a specific word that's not important. It's on the tip of my tongue now. It's driving me crazy. But I guess you know the black pill. The nothing can be done. Yeah. Give up. It's over. It's it's they want to break your spirit. Yeah. Never give in to that because this is how things happen. You know, if it's just getting people to show up, like that's a tiny little thing. But if you're doing it and you're doing your part, you never you have no idea where it will go. They want you yes. to they want you to think you're alone. They want you to think there's no one there doing it with you. Even the act of just standing up and going, I'm gonna start going to these meetings, that mm-hmm. gives other people who were maybe scared of being mocked, oh tinfoil hat guy. It makes them go, Yeah, I'll, I'll maybe I'll go do that too. Maybe I'll you know, mm-hmm. there, and I, I used the example before. In organic chemistry in college, like You'd be mixing shit together and trying to get it to solidify in like a solution. Let's just say you're trying to like build a crystal of whatever salt, but you would put these little, they're these weird. I remember they were like teal colored. They're these little tiny. They looked like miniature like guitar picks, and they were just called chips. Really tiny, just cheap plastic, and you you drop them in there, and they were called chips, and it was for a point of nucleation. And what it meant was that the solution was ready to start turning into a crystal. You know, it's like when it snows out, like the first, well, you're in Texas and I'm in Maryland, so I was in soda. But like, and I grew up in San Diego. So all right. I'm well, no. terrible analogy. All right. So just just go along. Okay. I think got the it. first time it snows, though, the ground still isn't frozen. So it might stick a little bit and then it melts and it's mm-hmm. whatever. But after like the 10th snowstorm and it's January and it's been below 30 for a couple months, the ground is frozen. And then it starts to snow. And once the first layer sticks, then it's game over. Then the snow starts packing up and packing up and packing up. But if you're just first snowstorm, it doesn't really stick. Nothing really stays. It just it just stays. It's like soil. It's like watering a plant that you haven't watered in a while. It, mm-hmm. just, it all disappears. Where'd it go? Keep dumping water into it. Eventually, you're going to see like the soil kind of start lifting up and it's going to like start leaking. You're like, oh, this thing is saturated. So with a point of nucleation, it's when the entire solution is ready to start turning into crystals. But it's still nothing. No one molecule is grabbing onto the other yet to turn it into like a snowball. So you drop these little things in there that for whatever reason, the molecules stick to more. And then all of a sudden, this this beaker of what looks like water, all the all, you start seeing like little white things start appearing on like the chip. And they start sticking to each other and sticking to each other. And over like 10 minutes... You'll see it start forming and forming and forming and, and starts turning into like a rock and it might, looks like a crystal or like a brick of salt to the point where it doesn't even need the chip anymore. It is now you can actually go in with like tweezers and take the chip out. It's fine. 
because this thing is now self-sustaining and it's building on top of itself yes. and building on top of itself. And then it just takes over. That's all you need to, you just need to be a point of nucleation. And yes. it might be you going, Hey, two or three of us are going to go to the, this town hall meeting and it might not work. It might never get more than two or three of you. Mm -hmm. But if you say that on a podcast and someone in Montana listens to it, Maybe they do it. And you know what? They might never get past two or three people. But if enough people listen in enough different counties, the law of averages will say somewhere through variables that only a supercomputer could calculate, it's gonna, like San Diego, all of a sudden you have two, five, 10, 50, 100, 300, 500. So now we're a mega US city is not doing vaccine passports. Mm -hmm. And that's, and then all, all of a sudden there, that city is now on, zoom out even more. That city is a point of nucleation. So yes. now another city can yes. go, instead of yes. just a town meeting, now you could have a, a whole nother metropolis go, San Diego did it, and now you have that. And now what happens if you get the U.S. to do that? Yes. Now that's another point of nucleation. All it takes is top-down control is very oppressive, it's intimidating, it's scary, it's fearful, but it takes so much energy to constantly censor, whack-a-mole, shut everything down, yeah. versus the truth just arises naturally. All you have to do is be a point of nucleation and understand that it might it might not turn into anything. I don't also want to get people's hopes up and go, I'm going to do this and I, change everything. Yes. No, start small. I love this. Be a point of nucleation. This is amazing. I would say, yes, start small. Like even your first step might be find one other person that wants to get together for coffee. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Like start so small. Don't as, give yourself. As small as you can go. You will you know, maybe, and then maybe the next meeting, you just go, let's just figure out who our local governing board is. Because I didn't know who the board of supervisors were. I barely learned about the city council. And I'm, I mean, don't, so don't be intimidated. I didn't know all this stuff. I learned it during this whole process. You know, maybe then you, you figure out when they meet. And then the next time, well, let's just even see if we can find the agenda. So like, I would say, absolutely. It took us a good eight, nine months to get to the point where we had hundreds of people. But for the most part, the first were just a few of us going yeah. and feeling like we weren't making a difference. But my God, if we would have given up, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, but yeah, be a point of nucleation because you don't realize how powerful you are. And courage begets courage. Yeah. You know, yeah. you get up there and speak and I, I, I spoke for the first time in person because I'd been calling because they were closed. I don't even June maybe because they they reopened for public comment in person in May after we had a rally, a let us in rally in April. So yeah. that so I want to claim that we got them to reopen their meetings, even though it could have been coincidental. But I'm going to say we did that. Um, Take the win. Because you know, we ha we did have probably over a hundred people at that rally outside of the board of supervisors, but I think, you know, it's nerve wracking. It is, and I know yeah. people hate public speaking, but I, but this is what I always tell people, and this is super interesting for your audience who maybe had never gone to a city council or board of supervisors meeting. This is for the new people that haven't gone, don't even know who's in charge. It was always the first timers, the people that got got to the meeting and said, oh, I don't know if I'm going to speak. I just came to support you guys. And I would always tell them, you got to speak. Here's why. It's always, for some reason, the people that say, I don't know if I should talk. I don't know if what I have to say is important that end up going viral. 
Yeah. They end up somehow having the best speeches, but I wouldn't even worry about it. Even if you just get up there, state your name and state, you know, I don't like what you're doing to the city because this and this, that's it. It's transformative. Yeah. The best way possible. I mean, you get addicted to that feeling of power. Like I've stood up for everything that's trying to oppress all of my friends and family and everyone I care about and everyone in the world over the last year and a half. And I've said no. And when you get a person to do that, something happens in them and they will never give up. Yeah. So it it is, it's, it's to go do that. I mean, I use this podcast as an example. The first guy I had on was just my friend Doran. We just talked about whatever. It was terrible. And then like I had on, but once I had him, and this was my game plan. I was like, because the hardest thing was getting the first person to get on. I needed someone. And I got a friend. I was like, dude, it's just going to be us. We're just going to shoot the shit. And it's like, fine. Once I got him, now I got a second friend who didn't know the first guy. But I was like, hey, man, do you want to be episode two? I just did episode one. We're just kind of shooting the shit. All right. I got like four or five people. Once I had five episodes, each like an hour long, then I went on Reddit. And I have, you know, a multitude of interests. So I just found some I found like a guy that like an ex Navy guy that like operated radar, nothing sexy, nothing special, but it was better than just another friend and me talking about stupid high school stories. So I found him. I was like, yeah, I've already done five episodes. I'm just trying to build this thing. I don't really know what I'm doing yet. He didn't go through all five episodes an hour each. He was like, yeah, sure. I'll do it. Okay, cool. We got to like 10 and I found another guy on Reddit who was like a retired rocket scientist from the seventies. I've done 10 episodes before. I've even had on a Navy guy. You know, we talked about radars and stuff. And okay, sure. All right. So now I have that guy. Now you get up to like episode 20. You maybe find like a a cop. And it was like there were riots going on. I was like, hey, I just want to talk to people about. All right. You get him on. You have to episode like 25, 30. And then the first time I got like an author. I was like, I just I love your book. I want to talk about your book. I'll put the link of the book in the description. I can't guarantee you'll get any sales. But like, all right. Well, now you get one author. Well, now it's the point of nucleation. Back to step one. Now you go to your second author. Hey, I got an author. Now you go to your third. Hey, I've had two other authors. Yeah. Now I've got yeah. five. Then you go up to episode 40, episode 50. I had on a guy that was in Delta Force. 45 episodes after that, I got Mike Durant, the Black Hawk Down pilot, who's now running for Senate out of Alabama. Mr. Durant, I've had on Delta Force. He was actually there in Mogadishu when you were there. Oh, cool. Now you get him. All right. Now I've got this guy. 80 episodes after that, hey, uh, Brigadier General Robert Spaulding from the Obama National Security Council. You know, I've had on these guys before kind of talking out. Do you want to talk about China? You wrote this book about – all right, sure, you get him. Bam, start getting one after the other, one after the other. You're building up, getting more. imagine if you would have just stopped and said, who am I to have a podcast? Well, the point is – That's what a lot of people do. And once you – Who am I to do something? Yeah, once you get a weight moving behind you. Yeah, momentum, momentum episode yes. it took 216 episodes and then i got charlie duke the 10th man to walk on the moon one of four men alive who've walked on the moon like 240 or 50 episodes after that episode 495 dr robert malone inventor of the mrna vaccine and then mm-hmm. he came on for a second time with joe kent who's running for congress out of washington state I've had on dr mccullough three times all these things start rolling and rolling today. Yeah. Later today, I'm having on Arida Bargava, uh, an mRNA researcher who is just on Aubrey Marcus's podcast. Aubrey Marcus is the guy that runs Joe Rogan's fitness company. Just you keep it rolling and rolling. And now we're at episode 640. I'm talking to a woman in Texas about reopening San Diego. Like 
these things go on. And I'm just one idiot with a camera. Well, imagine um, what your episode like a thousand or two thousand is going to be. I mean, yeah. you're going to be interviewing Elon Musk in space or something. I mean, if I can get like Elon, my my dream episode is like Elon Musk, Alex Jones and Donald Trump all in a room. To me, that would be the funniest uh, yeah. thing. But the point is, is but no, that's an important part is, is so you have this whole point of nucleation, you're rolling, you get momentum. Well, then you also start to get confidence. You start going, wait a second. Yes. In one year, I was able to do this. In two years, what do you think three years is going to be? And now you've kind of forgotten about that original chip, that point of nucleation. You're now building off the thing. You get rid of the first episode. I don't give a shit. Like you've got this thing going and you start getting confidence. And then not only that, anyone listening to this, you can actually start spewing off points of nucleation. You're listening to yeah. your story about San Diego and my story about the podcast. Now someone in Billings, Montana is going, I could fucking do that. And you can. I don't think I'm exceptionally smart. I don't know you. I'd say you're an average person. I don't. I, don't, I hope that doesn't come across as an insult. I'm an that average person. That was very insulting. But it, it was. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, you and I, we're not. No. no I get what you're yeah. saying. You're saying. Look. Look. We're just two people. This- we're just two right. people. Exactly. No. I say this all the time. If I can do this, yeah. anybody can do this. Anyone. Anybody. And everybody should try to do their thing. If they want to do a podcast, do it. I mean, we all start somewhere. Like I said, I'm very clear. We started at a park with 12 people going, hi, what the hell is happening? Hi, my name's Al. No yeah. Plan. Yeah. No plan. For, we didn't even have a plan for a good four or five months. It really, it, it can take time. But yeah, once you get that momentum, so the momentum curve, right? It's like flat, flat, flat. And then I feel like it's like this, right? Yeah. Like it just goes parabolic after a while. You're just like, okay, there's nobody I couldn't reach now with your network to get on a podcast. You're so close to probably getting anybody you would want at any time. Um, I mean, if you have me on, you're obviously close I mean, to clearly that. I've made it. This is it. <laughs> I, this is... Podcast researchers will call it the Hartman curve. They'll be like, once you get her on, well, and then we show that it's yeah. But no, but you're absolutely right. If I can, when I when I was in a fraternity in my freshman year of college in Valdosta, Georgia, 2009, and like you'd be getting hazed by the brothers, and they'd be you know talking shit, you just making making you really feel like shit, right? Just making you do stupid stuff and run errands and like three in the morning and you'd be there with like your pledge brothers and you'd just be like, uh, you're like, well, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, I'm just, they've broken me. Every once in a while, one of the brothers would almost kind of break character and they'd come up to you and they'd go, Hey, what you have to do is find the person in your like pledge group. And you don't have to say who it is. Find the person who you really, you really think you're better than them. Find the weakest person. Find the guy that has no balls. Find the guy that's scared to ask out a girl. Find the guy that can't keep his alcohol down. And if he is still going, then you have to keep going. And mm. he, they would be like, you know, and if that guy drops out, well, then you find the next weakest guy. Because that's what every now brother does is when you're a pledge and you're, you know, you're out there doing push-ups at four in the morning and they're throwing beer at you and you're cold and you're like, why the hell am I even doing this? And they would say like, hey, you find the guy. And not only that, you then have to realize that look above you to the guys who are actually brothers who've been initiated. Find the guy out of those that you respect the least. You're like, I could, I could, I could, I could break that. Yeah. That 90 pound guy, I could break him over my knee. 
but he made it through pledgeship. Are you really going to quit? And so it's this sort of you find and only the way that like a politically incorrect fraternity can instead of saying, if I can do it, you can do it. They're like, find the biggest bitch and realize he hasn't quit. <laughs> but that's what you can do. So anyone listening to this, you look yeah. at me and who's this moron? Exactly. Harbor that feeling. Who's this moron? You're better than me. You're smarter than me. <laughs> hey, I know everything about audiovisual. I studied this shit in college. This guy's a biology major. Correct. So take that and look at me. And if you see me interviewing these people, take it as a personal insult. Yeah. That you can't do it. If someone's watching this and it's just some catty bitch who's like, who's Allie Hartman? Yeah, look down on her yeah. and be like, yeah, do, so, so do it better. Then why aren't you doing what I'm doing? Do it better. Because you're better than me. Do, do it go better. Do it. Yes. yes. I love it. Yeah. I love that mindset. Beat it down. If yeah, It's like, I love to come from a place of like, I can do it and you can do it too. Much more realistic is like, hey, grab that little dark thing inside of you. When you look at someone, you go, I'm fucking better than that. Do it. Prove you are. Because if you don't, well, then I'm better than you and your bitch. No one wants to be a bitch. So it's just another way to motivate people. Yeah. And I like it. it's, yeah. it's frat boy mentality. And you know what? It I think it's effective. It's far more effective than anything else. You know, I'm gonna have to use that somehow on my 20-year-old son, right? Because he's right at about that frat boy age. So if you were to say, okay, I'm you're trying to convince a 20-year-old man i'll say man because i guess he is i mean he's my my little boy always but he's a man if i'm trying to convince him not to get a vaccine what would be the way to put it like the frat guys would put it to make him like if you get it you're a little bitch people that give into peer pressure are little bitches yes yes that's it you give in you're you're a bitch Hey, do you see, you see Tom, Tommy is in a fraternity. He's building his own podcast. He, uh, he got in a medical school and decided he wanted to make money doing something he loved. Yeah. That guy is not a bitch. He's not going to his lectures anymore. I'm, I'm not taking shit from anyone. I don't give a fuck. I don't give it. If you're going to get the vaccine, tell him to get it. Cause he wants it. Don't give yeah. it to anyone. Yeah. Don't give it to anyone. Yeah. You know, what's the cool thing? What, what, what's punk rock? What's the leather jacket with spikes? It's doing what no, it's doing what no one else is doing. When the mainstream, when SNL, when, when all the Tonight Shows are like, get your vaccine, get your vaccine. That's not punk rock. Punk rock is doing what you're not supposed to do. It's the dead Kennedys putting in an extra cassette that was blank. And they said, use this extra blank cassette to pirate other cassettes. That's punk rock. Don't trust anyone. Question everything. And then you spray what paint about- that. Yeah. What, what happened with Rage Against the Machine? Yeah, Rage, on, rage they- on behalf of the machine. Like, that's what it is yeah. now. Is The fact that you have to have vaccine passports. They, someone posted a Twitter shot, and they're like, they have like an apartment across the street from some concert venue, and they're zooming in with their camera. And you see all these people wearing masks. And they all have their phones out, but you know on the phones are their digital COVID pass. Yeah. And they're all screaming, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Oh. And you're like, but you are. And you're like, well, you're, yeah, you know, <laughs> fuck the man. We're going to burn it all down. Where's your QR code? When did you get your second Pfizer dose? Okay, you are allowed it. What happened to fuck the machine? What happened to Occupy Wall still- Street? What happened about fuck the power structure? You know what? what's happening? And this is the worst part, I think, of this whole thing. It's like I look around at, at teenagers, young people, specifically teenagers, I want to say high school, and they're all masked up, man. And I'm like, this is the opposite of what teenagers are supposed to be doing, right? They're supposed yeah. to be rebelling and they're supposed to be, but it, it oh, it's just so supposed depressing. to be rebelling whether or not it makes, like this makes sense because you can cause myocarditis. I went to private Catholic high school. 
you weren't allowed to have hair over your ears or your collar. So I had hair right to my ears and to my collar until the day I graduated. There was no moral liberty and freedom of choice in that. That was me just being an asshole with testosterone on my body and not knowing what to do with it and going, fuck you, I'm going to do whatever I can't do. And then when I got to college, I cut my hair this short because I didn't care anymore. So it doesn't even need to be like this stand up for what's right and vaccine mandate. What happened to just rebelling because it's fun to not to do what you're not supposed to do? You're not allowed to talk about COVID on YouTube. So I got permanently banned for it. There are other people who there's this faux, you know, you have the full blown, you know, foot soldiers who are like, don't talk about COVID. Then you have the guys who like Tim Poole. I mean, I know he's got like a multi-million dollar podcast thing going on, but he's always like YouTube and their draconian censorship. This is 1984. And if anyone brings up COVID, they'll bleep it out because he's like, well, we don't want to get kicked off. That's not punk rock. Punk rock is going. Yeah. I'm going to bring on Dr. McCullough. Oh, I got one strike. I'm going to bring on Dr. Malone. Oh, I got a second strike. And then interviewing Dr. McCullough for a third time and going, I know if I upload this, I'm going to get permanently banned. And so you crack a beer and upload it and get permanently banned and hold two middle fingers up. All right, now I'm on BitChute and Rumble. These shitty platforms, they don't, I can't put anything in high res. The video quality is all compressed. I don't care. That's what it is, is getting kicked off. It's, it's not, you don't. That's a feather in your cap. Yeah, you don't put it. You don't put your mask on and then say, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. No, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me is standing outside yeah. the venue without a mask on and then videotaping it anyway and pirating it. That's what it is. It's always cooler to do what you're not supposed to do, whether or not it's even right. But I mean, in this sense, do what it do. It, it's, it's cool not to do. You know, I bet a lot of the guys involved in the American Revolution, a lot of them were intellectuals, probably smarter than most people alive today. What we oh, don't yeah. see in history is there are probably a lot of frat, the equivalent of frat dudes with their wooden clogs and their billowy shirts going, we're going to go fucking throw all the tea off that ship. Just, I don't know why they're British. This should be in New England. But all these, Bo- all these Boston <laughs> mass holes who, a lot of the guys who took place in the American Revolution were probably just drinking beer and like, fuck yeah, let's burn it down. It's the equivalent of just wearing, lo- having long hair. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's wearing the leather jacket. It's, it's pirating a dead Kennedy's thing. A lot of it is just, you do it because fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. So it doesn't even have to be this romantic in 1776. When, no, you can just be like, hey, fuck these guys who are taxing me. Well, that's what, you know, that I think is our common link and why, like, I'm very much a rebellious person. I hate to be told what to do by anybody. And I have to always, you know, let my husband know, like, I'll, like, I was telling him, it's like, not what you say, like, I agree with you, but, but it's how you're telling me because my naturally rebellious spirit is like, I'm not, I'm not doing that because you told me to do it instead of, you know, whatever, um, so I think we have that in common. And and I guess a lot of people don't have that um, naturally rebellious spirit. A lot of people are going along to get along. Um, but the time is now to wake up and to realize really that we're in a pretty bad place. Oh, but to what you were saying about the American Revolution, you know, one thing that's super interesting, and I, I kind of call what's happening right now the second American Revolution. I really do, because I think there's a ton of parallels. First of all, um, you know, not everybody living in the colonies was on board with, with, uh, becoming our own country and, and separating from England. In fact, yeah. probably like maybe more than half the people were like, dude, 
Like, what's the big, we're just, just going to stay. It's not a big deal. Or they didn't care. Yeah. Right. So like, you've heard this a million times. It, it was a small minority of really passionate people that thought we need a, our own country. You know, it was not overwhelmingly no. the majority. So that's kind of the same situation we're dealing with now. We're dealing with, we've got this passionate group of people like me, you, everybody, San Diego and around the world and country that that's really knows what's going on and fighting. And then you've got a lot of people that they don't really get it or they don't really care. They don't think it's a big deal. Um, and we really don't need them. You know, whether they wake up or not, it's, it's, it's fine. I think more people will continue to wake up, but at the end of the day, there is, you know, we never should have won the American Revolution. If you look no. at what we're up against, it's, been it's demolished. It's insane. <laughs> the odds were, you know, and it and it was like over comical. what a comical, comical odds. I mean, you like, I still don't understand how we won the American Revolution. I really don't. But I guess it gives me a lot of hope because I go, well. We're freaking Americans against all odds. We won our independence and created the greatest country in the world. We can freaking do that shit again. Yeah, we can do it. And now, we, and and we're not a little colony now. We're the most powerful economy and military <laughs> force the world's ever seen. I mean, th there's so little we have to do. It, it was so hopeless then. Now it's yeah. almost like you'd almost have to be exceptionally retarded to fuck this up. Like it's well, so in our favor. It is in our favor, except like, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but like with everything they're doing with our military, with the vaccine mandates, like I'm, I'm really worried for the, the national yeah. security. Yeah. Are they? Yeah. Are they? Yeah. What's going to happen to all our young men, right? That are taking these mRNA vaccines and all our police in San Diego right now, they're um, set to fire about 700 police officers. If you can imagine that's about a third of our police force in a city of over 3 million people. I literally also tell people I moved out of San Diego because I don't know if it's going to be the safest place to live. You know, if you need a firefighter, you need an EMT, you need a police officer in an emergency in a month or two, if, the, if these mandates go through, I don't know if you're going to get it. Yeah. I mean, that's what Joe Rogan said is he was like, I've been eyeing Texas for a while, but he was like, I remember, realizing that like the riots were getting closer and closer and he was like how long until it's here for my little girls and tim dylan my favorite comedian my favorite fat gay comedian tim dylan and he talks about how he's he's this he's this fat irish guy from new york and he goes i look like a cop <laughs> he goes i look like a shitty new york long island cop he talks about he goes because he's, he, he, I think he's the most high, I think he's the highest paid person on Patreon. He makes like 200 grand a month on Patreon from like broke to just, he's, I think he's the funny, funniest guy in the world. And he talks about, he was like, he was in LA and this was like maybe this time last year. And he was telling the story, I think on Rogan. And he goes, I was actually driving back to my like little apartment from like a, from like a set he was doing at some comedy club. And there were a ton of riots and stuff. And he realized that they were getting closer and closer to his house over the weeks. And as he was getting close to his apartment building, he realized like the rioters, like it had finally kind of come this far. And they're kind of outside his apartment building, breaking stuff. And he goes, I'm a fat white Irish guy. I look like a cop. They're going to mm -hmm. pull me out of my car and beat the shit out of me. Yes, so he goes, 
he goes, I just kept driving. I left all my clothes and my computer in my apartment. And he goes, I filled up on gas and I drove out until Nevada and I rented an apartment there. And he's like, and I've been there for about six months. He just walked wow. away. Now, yep. now there's this whole aspect of, you know, it's also a controlled demolition. That's what they want. Like when people say, hey, the Biden, the Biden administration are doing vaccine mandates for truck drivers. Huh? We'll see who has the last laugh, last laugh when they all quit. Well, no, no, no. The Biden administration will have the last laugh. These people aren't stupid. They're evil. Right. They're not stupid. They know this laying off 700 cops. That isn't a that isn't a what are they not thinking? No, they know it's exactly what they're doing. Not a bug. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a feature, not a bug. They're breaking it down. They know exactly yes. what they're doing. Yes. So, you know, so but again, it's the point of it's two things. It's the point of nucleation. And it's also, well, it's really three things, and we'll, we'll wrap up with this because I got another podcast in like 10 minutes. It's the point of nucleation. You truly just have to do the thing you want to do you need that, mm-hmm. that you know is right. And you do it respectfully. It's not like you and I are saying, no one should get vaccine. That's just as bad. You have right. to be aware of your point. I am for freedom of choice with your body. It's just as bad to say you can't get a vaccine. Yeah. So no, no, I'm for freedom of choice. And freedom of speech, I should be able to talk about whatever I want. Just like I should be able to watch a conspiracy theory that say aliens run the White House or that, you know, there are, you know, lizards on the backside of the moon. You should also be able to say ivermectin works. You should also be able to say, I don't know, sticking a fire hydrant up your ass cures COVID. And you know what? If it doesn't work out, well, then let the free market decide and people will go, hey, fuck that guy. He's a moron. He died for putting a fire hydrant in his ass. So one, be the point of nucleation. Two, realize that don't. Don't let them break your spirit. Don't let them, because they're never going, this is the important one, is realize that they're never going to broadcast your wins. They're never Mm going to, the Nazis, the Soviet Union, they're never going to say, hey, we're slowly collapsing. No, they fake it up until the Berlin Wall falls. You keep it. So realize that just because you're doing all this work and you're getting other, right? So number one point of nucleation, I am getting all these people. We're not seeing anything. Remember point two, they're never going to broadcast it. You're never going to realize it was working in, until it's over and it works. You're just, yeah. it's, it's just going to break and you're going to go, oh, huh. Yeah. Imagine if we had given up. And point three, and this is one we haven't touched on, is the importance of realizing I had on Dr. Um, what the hell is his name? Keith uh, Rose, who is a special forces guy in Iraq, blown up by an IED, moved back, became a physician. Now he has his own podcast called The Scalpel. He's, and he's, a, he's like Superman. He's one of those guys you hate. Special forces and it's surgeon. And, it, and you're like, all right, screw you. But I remember him, he and I talking and, and you know, he, he said like, you know, Tommy, like I, I commend what you're doing. I think you're doing the right thing. He goes, but don't forget, he goes, sacrifice isn't always transactional in that, a lot of men sacrificed their lives to beat the Nazis and to beat the Japanese. A lot of them died on the beaches of Normandy or of Guadalcanal. They never got to see the victory parade. They never got to see the sailor kissing the nurse in Times Square. They never got to see the golden age of the American economy in the 50s and 60s. They never got to see the moon landing. A lot of them saw a distant flash and a bullet went through their head and it was lights out. But like points of nucleation, not all of them will work. With enough sacrifice, it does yield reward. So you have to remember that it's not all transactional. And I know that sounds dark, but a lot of, I mean, and I think about it too is sure, we're jacking each other up. We're, you know, we're excited on this podcast, talking about San Diego, points of nucleation, you know, punk rock. But yeah, I mean, is there a chance that none of this works and that there is a totalitarian dictatorship that takes over the globe and we're all thrown in gulags? Yeah, there, there's, there's a chance. 
there's a, I would probably say a good chance. But what you have to realize is that whether we fight back and there's a new golden age of liberty or whether we all end up dying in concentration camps is with the exception of being a billionaire and access to a bunch of technology, the vast majority of us are, are probably going to die around 70 or 80 anyway. So whether it works out as the best possible second American revolution or whether it goes quietly into that good night, into some dystopian future, around eight decades, you croak out. And we're just one planet going around one star in one galaxy in the infinite. Eventually, it all ends anyway. It all ends. And in that sense, the final thing that will matter to you, the final thing that will be going through your mind is, are you at peace? Mm-hmm. And maybe yeah. you're laying there and you're going, oh man, the deep state really did win. It's a dystopian future and you get the tunnel vision and you're dead. Or maybe you're laying there and you're going, huh, it worked. And you get the tunnel vision and you're dead. Either way, you get to lie there and go, I tried my fucking hardest. Yeah, I tried exactly. my hardest. And the same thing, it, it doesn't matter. So try, so point of nucleation, realize you're probably not going to see your wins broadcasted until it is over and you win. And no matter what, no matter what the outcome is, just be at peace with it. Make peace with your God or the universe or yourself or whatever. Go, go into death going, whatever, man. I, you know, so part, of your, part of your wins though, in the middle, and I love your three points. Um, part of your wins can just be knowing that you're doing something. That's yeah. a win. Yeah. Not, you can't know if it's going to win. Yeah. I think you need to do what we do. What we do in, at reopen San Diego is we really, we, we make a big deal out of our wins. So even if we don't know if it was us per se that reopened the board of supervisors meetings to the public, or, you know, even before we heard that we had helped stop vaccine passports, we thought we did because we'd been putting a tremendous amount of effort into rallies. And we have an email newsletter, by the way, I would love for any of your listeners that, that want to see a blueprint for how we communicate with our people Steal everything you want from how we communicate with our people or anything. If we can ever help anybody, we are happy to do so because um, this this is a fight. We need as many people in this fight. So our newsletter is at reopensd.org. And um, we send it out a couple times a week with just all relevant information. And, you know, we, we really try to toot our own horn because um, we are, I believe we're winning, mm-hmm. but I think regardless, part of winning is simply doing that which needs to be done, doing the right thing, then you're winning. It doesn't matter what happens. Yeah. No, and I'm with that. I think that's an important fourth point is, yeah, you just, you know, it's like, you know, in college, like I would always, I probably need to start again. I would always try to spend like 20 bucks a week and just get some socks or ramen noodle and just bring it to the local homeless shelter. And I always realized that like, am I going to solve all this? Absolutely not. But part of, you know, or, you know, what goes around comes around. So I'm putting out good karma. Hopefully it will come back. Finally, I realized I was like, the good karma is, is I give it to him. And I feel really good that day. And it was like, it doesn't matter what happens in 10 years. Well, it does, but it doesn't because I was like, I did something good today. So that is part of it is, is just waking up and going, I'm going to try my hardest. You know, I'm going to try my hardest. It's, you know, during a like military tribunal uh, shooting squads, 
there'd be like five shooters. Four of them would have bullets and one of them would have a blank. And the purpose was is that no one person know who killed the person. And it's so that they could kind of sleep well, knowing that they even if it's a murderer, they realize they didn't kill him. Or it'd be like half and half. It's so plausible deniability. I don't actually know if I pulled the trigger or if I, or if I shot a blank. You can use the inverse of that. And when something happens, like no vaccine, you go, it might have been us. Yeah. Did it? And just know you're doing the right thing. And I would say the most important thing is never never use the justification of, well, you know, some people are going to get hurt or some people, you know. No. Always at the core. If you're for not having vaccine mandates, you have to go to the core of what that really is, and it's freedom of choice and liberty, which means – people want to get the vaccine and wear a mask until 2050 you got to fight for that too that's their right to do that i just don't want them to have a right to press it on me and if people start saying we're going to ban masks you need to stand up right there and go hey i know we're all doing these town meetings together and stuff but no fuck that if they want to work because you have to stand up because if you don't you're just slowly going to become the thing you're fighting yeah. against, and then they're going to have, and a rightly so, a reason to fight against you, and then the seesaw will just go forever. So stand up for what you believe in, and yeah, I think that's about all. I think you got a good taste of what this podcast is, and just no one topic from Nazis to points of nucleation to punk rock to frat boys to that's what this podcast is in a nutshell. There's no topic, and I'm borderline crazy. No, I love it. It's it great. It was like talking with a with a really interesting friend about everything I always want to talk about, but it's so hard to find people that are on the same wavelength with everything. Like, I mean, I just moved to Texas, and so, like, I have to feel people out, right? I can't just jump right into my spiel. <laughs> so this was great. Thank yeah. you so much yeah. for having me. Uh, I think you should start a podcast, but I'll let that mull over in your head. I don't okay. know why you wouldn't. I don't know why you wouldn't be a point of nucleation. Just start talking. Oh, I know. If I had more hours in the day, maybe when I don't have to homeschool my kids anymore. I know. Sounds excuses. like excuses. Sounds like it. Do one a week. Do one a week. Yeah. I did one a week for like the first four months. Okay. I'm going to think about it. At least like, I'm going to have to ask you, okay, what's the camera I don't buy, but the professional one you spend all that money on that froze? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Right now. Yeah, fuck that one. Sony. But uh, yeah, fuck you, Sony. No, no. I... I mean, so I'm I'm kind of tricking you now because we just did like an hour and a half of be the change you want to be in the world or see in the world. And so now I'm pushing that on you. you, oh should, boy. you should. Now, oh if, boy. if it's what you want to do, if you don't want to do a podcast, then don't do it. But if the reason you're not doing it is hesitancy or I don't have enough time or I don't know what to do, you now have no excuses because now you have me and I can walk you through every step of the way. Oh, thank you. I definitely have thought about that. So I'll, I'll think more. Do it. It's so easy. Just do, do do one a month. Who cares? Yeah. Do it. Point okay. Of, well, point of nucleation. Gonna, point of nucleation. No, I'm gonna nucleate that. <sighs> and I'll get- All right, I gotta run because I have a podcast in like sixty seconds because I'm an idiot and oh, don't know God. how to stop working. So, All right. Well, let's stay in touch. Okay. I want to hear more. Absolutely. Um, send me your. Um, I want to watch that. Uh, podcast episode with that guy that walked on the moon for okay, sure okay yeah and I, it sounds like i need to go back and watch a few others of yours that i haven't seen there are a lot of so, good ones just yeah so i gotta run 
shoot me a text and then I'll send you this when it's up and we'll get your podcast started. Okay. Okay. All right. Yes, <laughs> Allie Hartman. Thank you so much. Take care. Stay safe, everybody. Recording stopped.